Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards, and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned, and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. Hey, it's Marcus here from Recruiting Trailblazers. And this week I did have an interview lined up. And I must admit, I do cut things a little bit fine on this podcast. But unfortunately, um, the person who I was due to interview actually cancelled at the last minute and I was unable to find a replacement. So I thought this week instead, I would just share a few thoughts with you about a topic that everybody seems to be talking about right now, which is response rates to recruiter outreach. And I thought it would be fun just to sort of brainstorm it for a minute or two about some of the things that perhaps we could do differently or more of in order to drive a better result when it comes to reaching out to candidates for the first time. Now, if you've listened to the podcast at all, you'll probably know that I'm big on personalization and we're going to touch on that. But I think the key here is understanding, obviously, that candidates' inboxes are overflowing right now. And recruiter outreach is at an all-time high. So you sort of add those two factors together and it's bound to drive a slightly lesser response. So therefore, it has to be incumbent upon the recruiter to figure out ways that they can differentiate themselves when it comes to the messages that they're sending. And I think there's a number of different ways that potentially recruiters can do this. So I think the first thing to do is to analyse your message and to be honest about whether or not your message is going to resonate. Um, is it a boring template? Does it only talk about you? Does it only talk about your needs or your client's needs? Um, does it have a laundry list of skills that you're looking for? Does the message repeatedly tell them what you're looking for and how much you'd love to talk to them? And the other thing to think about is, have you written your message in plain, relatable English? Or have you resorted to business jargon about unprecedented opportunities and thinking outside the box and successful pivots and all that kind of stuff? It's really important, I think, these days to speak in good old-fashioned, plain English that, you know, the way that you speak should be the way that you write. And maybe even more importantly is the amount of touches that you're committing to for each candidate that you reach out to. Now, if you're using software like Gem or Sourcewell or Interseller um, or Outreach or any of those types of like sequence email software, then you're committing to multiple touches and hats off to you for that. But if you're only reaching out once, and an example of this would be creating a campaign in LinkedIn Recruiter, reaching out to 100 people, generating a response of 15, 20, 25 people, some of which are declines. And then you're working with, let's say, if you're lucky, 10 or 15 people who might be interested in having that first conversation. What are you doing with the other 85 people that didn't respond? Are you just leaving them there and you're just saying one touch was enough? Or are you thinking about other ways in which you could potentially connect with them or email them or tweet them or text them or call them? And I think this is a problem in the recruiting industry these days. Let's call it the in-mail or bust approach. If you don't get a response to your in-mail, you're basically not following up with that candidate. Again, because LinkedIn Recruiter, the platform, doesn't actually give you the opportunity to follow up to, with somebody again um, until such time as they've responded to you positively. And if they respond to you negatively, then that's it, you're done. And if they don't respond at all, well, you just have to sit there and wait. So I think it's important 
to figure out ways that you can touch the candidates that you've sourced in LinkedIn in other ways other than just an in-mail if you really want to get to the point where you're getting, you know, a 50% response and including declines. But really for every candidate, every decent candidate that you reach out to, you deserve to know whether or not they're interested. And that often doesn't happen by a single message alone. Now, if it's not possible to reach out to that remaining 85 people again who haven't responded, then I've always suggested, and it's funny because I had this conversation with the president of a search firm quite recently, and we were talking about a lack of response on a specific campaign that they had executed on. And I said, why don't you go and figure out who your top 15% are? the top 15% of candidates that you've reached out to, and then let's go through them individually and figure out other ways that we could potentially reach out to them outside of LinkedIn Recruiter. And so we did that, or they did that, and lo and behold, figured out some ways to reach their top 15%. And within a week, they'd reached a bunch of those people because they'd figured out their phone numbers or their email addresses, or they connected with them on LinkedIn and followed up on their in-mail message. And suddenly they had a bunch of active candidates for this role. Now, it all seems rather obvious, this, but if you are getting a reduced response to your campaigns, I think you have to ask yourself this question. You know, how many times have I reached out to these people and have I really got after my top 15%, that 15% of candidates who look absolutely spot on for the role with whom I would really love to have a conversation with? Anyway, moving on from that, let's talk a little bit about personalization. Um, I just received a message, by the way, in LinkedIn, which went like this. Hi, Marcus. I saw your LinkedIn profile and I noticed that you're in the staffing and recruiting industry. Figured I'd send you a message to let you know about ABC software. Our software enables you to do A, B and C very efficiently and it's competitively priced. I'd love to have a conversation with you and tell you more about it. Now, Okay, they mentioned that I am in the staffing and recruiting industry, but that's not hard to find if you're using Sales Navigator. You just isolate all the people in the staffing and recruiting industry. So I know it's not a personal message. Now, I don't know how you feel, but when I get a message that's clearly not meant personally for me, and I know for a fact it must have gone out to probably hundreds of people who are in the staffing and recruiting industry, it doesn't compel me to respond because there's no sort of reconciliation of why this particular piece of software might help me, Marcus Edwards. It's just, you know, aimed at the staffing and recruiting industry. And I just, like everybody else, I don't particularly want to be sold to. Now, if that person had mentioned that they read my post last week, for example, where I proposed that hiring managers should actually pitch roles to candidates before they interview candidates for the role. And by the way, that post got 30,000 views and hundreds of interactions. Then because I'm a decent human being, I would feel much more compelled to respond positively. And I'd probably at least take a moment to, you know, click on their company or just do a very quick cursory piece of research into what kind of software they're looking to sell and and whether or not it might potentially be a fit for me or of interest to me. If you decide to personalise your outreach and take a minute to connect with that person in a way that demonstrates 100% to them that you are reaching out specifically to them, then I think you massively amplify your chances of generating a response, whether they are or whether they aren't interested in the role, which is what you're looking for. Um, I think there's a lot of different ways that you can personalise your outreach and you need to have a little scoot around that person's LinkedIn profile 
to figure out the best way that you can actually connect with that person. Now, for an example, I saw that somebody was on their university basketball team. So in my outreach to this person, I said, I'm not sure if this is going to be a slam dunk for you, but I do have a role that may be interesting enough to get you thinking about switching teams. And that candidate got back to me and really appreciated my outreach and said, hey, it's obvious that you read my profile. Thanks a lot for reaching out. And we did end up having a conversation that ultimately didn't go anywhere. But I did achieve my number one goal of every candidate interaction that I have, which is making enough of a fan of them that they would be happy to hear from me again in the future. And what's also very satisfying about taking the personal approach is that quite often the people who decline you actually decline you with a message to say, hey, thank you for taking the time to personalize your message. It was nice to hear from you. And then you're able to connect with them on LinkedIn proper and boom, you've got another person in your network for, you know, potential future opportunities. So it definitely works. And obviously the number one objection to all of this is, well, it's very time consuming, but it's what recruiters do. Recruiters reach out to people. And in this day and age, when there is so much noise and there's so many overflowing inboxes, how else are you going to differentiate your message from all the other recruiters who are reaching out to that great candidate? At least give yourself a chance of getting on their radar by saying something personal that might resonate and then leave it up to them as to whether or not they decide to have a conversation with you. Now, getting back to a couple of the previous points that I made at the beginning of this podcast, because I'm definitely rambling a little bit here. Um, what about boring templates? Well, I think it's important to read your template and decide. I mean, it's okay to write a template, okay, but you've got to put the personalization bit up front. And then I think you've got to figure out a way to say what you're going to say in a way that sort of showcases what's in it for them. Instead of just all this me, me language and I want this and I'd love to do that and we need this and we need that, I think what you have to do is sort of flip the script and figure out what the benefit to this person might be to having this conversation with you and sort of looking into this role um, with the idea that the number one goal of your outreach is to have the conversation, even if it doesn't work out, so that you can add that person to your network for future opportunities and future potential referrals. Um, but the number one goal is to have the conversation. There's no point in trying to just sell the role in a single email. If you were to use a dating analogy, that's like meeting someone for the first time and asking them if they'd like to come back and meet your parents. So I think less is more. And in my mind, there's no doubt that you need to personalize. And then you need to find an intriguing way of expressing what's in it for them. What's the benefit or potential benefit to them for having a conversation with you, for taking a look at this opportunity and, you know, for starting that relationship with you for the future. So I won't bore you with my sort of philosophy about referral recruiting, other than to say this one thing. And that is, if you're a recruiter who puts the requirement that you're working on or the opportunity that you're interested in sharing at the beginning of your phone call, you've potentially lost that candidate before you've even had a chance to build rapport and sort of cross the bridge from stranger to trusted advisor. So I've always recommended doing it the other way around and spending time, enough time at the beginning of every first phone call that you have with a candidate, figuring out their needs, goals, desires, career trajectory, and how you might be able to serve them in the future. And if you spend enough time doing that, then not only will you be able to reconcile the opportunity that you had them in mind for much more accurately 
and much more impactfully. Um, but you'll put yourself in a position if they say, no, it's not for me, to be able to call them again and to call upon them again, potentially for referrals and add them to your network. So I said, I wasn't going to tell you about it and I told you about it. So that's really it. And if you add all of that to a good cadence where you reach out to people not just once, but maybe twice, three or four times, especially your top 15%, as I mentioned before, then I think you're going to drive a much better result with all of your recruiter outreach. So that's enough from me right now. And hopefully next week I'll come to you with an interview. And please feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn if we're not already connected. I'm always open to having a conversation. Cheers for now. Bye. 